You are listening to Boku No Stuff, an anime podcast that's going to improve your life expectancy. I'm your host, Sybil Arnett, and with me is... Matt Marcus. And Chris. This week, Garrett is off on an errand for his bosses, who decided he should be the person sent over to show the British how you design a mecha. He'll be assigned a big pipe at customs. But without him, we'll be talking about... I was set a bagpipe, and I was very confused why he was helping the British. <laughs> I mean... Let's also note that technically this metaphor doesn't work because it's an Indian person showing up to show up the British. <laughs> Look, that's true. This has happened before. Have you seen what native British food is? Like, I'm pretty sure they did a bunch of colonialism just so they could get ideas for other food. And they still fuck it up. <laughs> Every bean dish is basically a bad curry. Oh, yeah, no, the beans are definitely a bad seed. But uh, what is it? Didn't they invent uh, tikka masala? That's not too bad. I'm not giving the credit for that. Yes, the white people did invent the default white person curry. Imagine <laughs> that. That's not what I order. I usually order the vindaloo because I like it spicy. You gotta, you Just like my podcasts. I like them spicy. All right, well, good. I have some, I have some opinions about recent events as they relate to race. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Oh, Oh, not that spicy. Only one star. Got it. That's fine. You also just reminded me that I forgot to do a stupid bit for pre-show, which I will have to save for the most tactical deployment now. Of course. And today we're talking about Code Geass, episodes 17 and 18. Content warnings for today's batch include pulping a dude with a mech and a lot of suicidal ideation. So this isn't a G-Witch, huh? This is this Not is this time. <laughs> Not this time. Apparently this is a theme. <laughs> yeah, we just posted the last, hey, it turns out it's the same thing. Uh-huh. Last time, Lelouch suddenly had his hands full with a second Gias wielder, the mind reader Mao, running around all of a sudden. At first he was content to just try and claim CC for his own, but after Lelouch masterminds a failed assassination by cop on the man, Mao gets vengeful, kidnapping Nunnally and setting death traps around the campus for the whole Lamperouge family. Fun set of episodes to miss. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Only Suzuku's interference and Lelouch self-gassing allowed them to get a final victory over Mao, but at a great cost. Cece had to put the mad dog down herself with a bullet to the head, and not before Mao reveals that Suzuku killed his father, the final prime minister of Japan, at the age of ten, a secret the government covered up for him because it was convenient for everyone politically. I gotta say, their gun sounds are not very good for, like, these handguns. They sound real bad. How are they gonna get Foley for gun sounds in Japan? It's airsoft or nothing. <laughs> it's true. Fucking, you can buy it from a sound library for $20. Come on. <laughs> not in 2004. <laughs> Sure you could. I'm fucking around. I know you could. It it really is a thing that there's like 50 cal dot wav that every time you see a desert eagle fire, it's like the same like bullet or like gun sound. And it's always extremely. And you know why? Yeah, because it's good. Yeah, it is good. Guns are really stupid loud. It's ridiculous. But they also sound cool. They do. They make lots of cool, Not like, person, sliding on metal noises when you, like, cock oh. them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Self-gas, extremely hype, by the way. <laughs> yeah, even though we took that off the table pretty early. 
Well, what we took off the table is you can't gas another gas user, is what was said. Well, well no, we know we, that's not true. Gias. That's definitely not true. He gassed Mao before he died. Yeah, Mao got gassed. And Mao was doing it on gias. him. That one's the one that... Cece's that the one one's the one that's fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The only the person we know of who's, idea. who's immune is Cece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, I wonder if that's the case that it, you're only immune to Gias gifts that you give, but if there's another person like Cece, whether or not she'd be immune to their Gias's, I don't know. I don't know if there's another person like Cece is, running around, but it'd be interesting. Don't worry about it for a year and a half. Great. Love it. That is what we call foreshadowing. I know there's one in the alt continuity movie, but I didn't know how much that applied. <laughs> it might apply, and I might not remember, but I don't think it does. Yeah. Anyway, let's jump in episode 17, Night, uh, with a K. Uh, we return to the show with uh, Lelouch pondering on what he heard at the end of the last episode, and he's deep in thought as we see that he reassured uh, Suzuku in the chapel, telling him that he realizes that the conspiracy had to have been concocted by uh, old man Kirahara. Oh yeah. Th- then the show instantly undercuts this whole sequence by revealing that Lelouch has been pondering this constantly. And uh, like he's in the thinker pose, you know, chin on uh, fist because he's the life model in an art class. And he's, constantly shifting his uh, position to see uh, Suzuku out of the corner of his eye and everyone gets very mad at him for this. Like the, the best part is like when he's like, he's like, no, smile more, more, no, yep, less. Falls comes up and tries to correct his pose and then puts him into this dopey grin. <laughs> it's very, I mean, like it looks completely unnatural on him. So like hundred percent that that was not the, not the good direction. To it is a good smile joke. more. A clamp character cannot have naturally assumed the thinker pose. <laughs> they also can't naturally show teeth. Teeth look weird on these designs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Nina arrives late and asks, uh, wait, wasn't first period math class? Just to have Shirley tell her that it's art week because the late Prince Clovis declared it as such because as we learned before, he was an artist. And so he could just do stuff like this and I, I don't know why Nina didn't know this already because you think that you know she 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 loves the uh, the British monarchy so much she's only got eyes for one royal Matt. I was gonna say the princess otaku wasn't gonna listen to someone with a dick that's fair they're British before someone tries to get on my case about that joke <laughs> <laughs> anyway this is our uh, segue to the opening of the Clovis Memorial Museum, where Euphemia is going to choose what centerpiece work uh, is going to be uh, shown uh, from the submissions that were made. And it's just really funny because the, the one that she likes, like she points one out and uh, she's told like, oh, no, no, no. We we found out that the artist was one quarter 11, so uh, we can't pick that one. But we included it here, you know, just for the appearance of diversity. Uh, and she's, like, not very happy with that. How diversity really works. Yep. Elsewhere, Ogie is opening a lunch that Valletta made him, a little bento box. And uh, she even cut the hot dogs into little octopi because apparently she, she just completely absorbed Japanese culture, like, after this amnesia attack. Uh, and then also learned how to cook all these things in the meanwhile. Uh, it's really sad. Honestly, that makes the hot dog so much better. 
like when the inside gets real like you get that bite on it also real good. look you just slice the thing in half and then grill it flat like you don't need to cut it into an octopus i mean it's cute i know but also but the but then but it's less fun to eat <laughs> i have no hot yep. dog opinions my thing is like the hot dog as a food is like really bottom tier, but sometimes that's what you want. Yeah. We're putting lipstick on a pig right now. Yeah. But. <laughs> when I still ate meat, the Costco dog was a wonderful deal. It still is. Costco dog is yeah. still. Yeah. It has yeah, changed yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I guess since we're in derail territory, I'll go with that one story. Yeah, so I ran into an ex around town this past week, and she recognized me despite the obvious changes. And what ended up happening was she clearly did not want to just call me a slur or anything. But what she ended up spitting out was, your tits look like a battle toad and storming off. (laughs) Fucking owned! (laughs) It was actually one of the best things that happened to me last week because it's like, oh shit, these are visible now? All right, I guess I need to buy a bra. (laughs) Unrecoverable burn, though. Holy shit. That's a phrase I'm going to be thinking about for the rest of my life because I don't know what that means. (laughs) Same. (laughs) It's really good. That's why it's good. You decide. Choose your own adventure, the insult. (laughs) I had to look. Battletoads don't even have nipples. I don't think it. I don't think she thought it that hard. Like I think she didn't think it through. I think that was just like first thing that came to mind is battle toads. Battle toads. <laughs> well, we have. They're an not mammals. Title. They wouldn't have nipples. That's not what this rule thirty-four. <laughs> I mean, of course not, because it's rule thirty-four. You can add nipples and breasts to anything. This is almost entirely of the one human lady there. I didn't know there was a human lady in bed. Oh, right, the Dark Queen. The Dark Queen. My wife is coming. I have to close this tab. <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect, Chris? Uh, look, look, I'm doing research. Like, I'm sorry. I just like you're gonna. I'm gonna have to. Ex- you're gonna have to explain to your daughter. Like, what? Why does that frog have a big dong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, look. You can do your own research. We already know they're turning we the freaking frogs gay. They Every can be regard. femboy frogs, too. <laughs> there were a bunch of femboy frogs. Speaking of femboy frogs, this is interrupted by the four sword, holy four, four holy swords showing up and mincing no words. They want the Black Knight's help. When we lost Saw Toto and the uh, four swords, they were meeting up at the Prime Minister's grave and cops surrounded them. And Toto sacrificed himself to get his men out safely. Ogi calls Zero, who goes, well, of course, we're going to go help them, and rattles off a quick battle plan, and the stage is set. We cut to the school half of the conversation, where a uniformed and twin-tailed Cece walks up and just goes, yeah, so I didn't meet with the Chinese government. And Lucia's like, yeah, I figured when you showed up with a gun to an amusement park. Uh And uh, he called them already and moved plans around, and he can't really fault her for saving his ass yet again. He can't also be a, he also can't be angry when it looks like he might have two new pieces on the board I've been looking for. And by the end of the day, as he looks out the window at Suzuku scrubbing his uniform in the sink again, and he muses, maybe three. Cornelia, meanwhile, is quickly tossing off. Yes, yes. Kill Toto publicly. I don't care. The JLF is defunct and they're not worth my time anymore. 
She is going to be elsewhere for the execution, not even showing up for the public spectacle, leading a campaign in another province. She does, however, talk shop with Euphemia on the way out, handing the sub-viceroy a binder full of men to inspect mm -hmm. and choose her own personal knight from. You know, there are women in there, actually. I did pause it. There's at least two women on the, uh, in the group that you could see. I suspected there were, but really, there's just nothing funnier than writing the phrase binder full of men. On campus, Suzuku and Nunnally are just reclining, and the former is teaching the latter some Japanese phrases. Lelouch is nearby, thinking that he's going to have to go away for Nunnally's safety soon, especially after the Mao incident. But, well, hey, if Suzuku gets a reason to live out of protecting Nunnally, there's no better hands for her to be in with him away. And then Cecile runs up and goes, Suzuku, Lloyd needs you urgent call, and this whole thing is interrupted. Mm-hmm. And for some more Chekhov's guns, at her dorm room, Shirley fumbles a hair clip and finds a crumpled up note under her desk while chasing it. So at the press conference unveiling the museum, Euphemia finds herself uh, ridiculed and talked over as the men keep chiding people away from asking her about politics or uh, heavy issues. Like she also just like freezes every time one of those questions comes up. So she's I'm surprised nobody gave her any warning of like, hey, if they ask about this, this is the canned line that you say, hey, we're not talking about this or like, you know, th that isn't the point of this uh, of this uh, press meeting. But nope, nope, nope. She just freezes. And then uh, her um, her entourage just keeps uh, talking over her, basically. Euphemia seems weirdly unfit for the sub viceroy position, despite mm -hmm. her sister saying in advance you are going to take over this place when I leave. Mm -hmm. And yet all Euphemia has done is go, 11s need more rights. I would like to see how battle works. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not surprising given the sheltered life that she's lived. Like, she's not been in a scenario where people would be, like, pressing her very much like this. Or, like, it, it just seems like she's just not familiar with how to handle situations like this so this is, it doesn't surprise me at all plus also they, that's kind of the character they're building here is that she's she's the quiet demure one and it's like that sucks don't like that uh, it's just weird when we introduced her storming onto a battlefield mm -hmm. going I'm the princess and I'm going to shove my fist down your throat if you try and say another word to me mm -hmm. I, she's just what's her name from Iron Blooded Orphans that's all this is like is it going to be... <sighs> We've broken the seal. You're going to keep making this reference now. But it's true. Literally the same character. Sure, and one's done better because it came a decade later, but we we can't make that comparison yet. She doesn't exist yet. Are they the same writer? Did they? Did the Okochi also do... No, um, no uh, IBO no? writer is not the same guy okay. who did this. Okay, okay. Just curious. Anyway, uh... Under a bridge, the Black Knight party bus and another transport are being prepared with mechs and with the Holy Swords in tow. As some of the rookie mechanics service the uh, Gurren, they gripe that it's not like a standard Burai model. Like, in a hard rush to get it ready, they're like cutting quarters and uh, they're cut off from their complaining uh, by the Gurren's creator, uh, Rakshata, who walks up and is just like giving everyone shit. You could tell she's Indian because she has a cigarette holder. I th like, what are you It doing? is not a cigarette holder. It is a extended length, clamp arm length tobacco pipe with a little bowl at the end. 
Does it have a mm-hmm. bowl at the end? Uh-huh. That is not a cigarette holder. I was not paying enough attention. Oh. I just assumed it was a cigarette holder. So it's a Gandalf-ass pipe. Is what oh, it yeah. Is. Uh-huh. It's also gilded, a thing you definitely oh. want to do around burning tobacco. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Said as Chris uh, takes a gotta yeah, giant pipe. vape. Mm-hmm. So Zero walks up, introduces himself, and praises her, and she presents a counter gift. A new pilot suit for Kaladin. Kaladin asks if this is going to improve her piloting skills and is met with a, of course not. It's going to improve your life expectancy. Basically saying that she's probably going to get shot in the armor and then survive it because of this. You know, just seeding that early. At nighttime, a guard walks up to Toto's cell and says, good news. They changed your executioner. You're going to be uh, seen by an old friend, Suzuku Kururugi. We cut to an office where Lloyd has to sign the paperwork about all this uh, intriplicate, of course, because bureaucracy. And a very concerned Cecile looks over to the very visibly shaken uh, Suzuku, who is like taking this whole thing very poorly because, I mean, look, this is like what the fourth time they're like, no, we need you to kill a motherfucker. Can you kill a motherfucker? We're going to force you to kill a motherfucker. But this one he knows. That's true. This is this is like unnecessarily pointed. Well, or is it? I don't know. I think they're doing that on purpose. I don't know if they knew if they had a connection before. I assume so. You don't say. Uh, yeah, of course they know. The fucking guard knows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. The guard does say that, doesn't he? So anyway, Suzuku is having flashbacks to learning self-defense from Toto as a boy, but he's snapped out of uh, this little daydream by a massive explosion something has loudly and visibly detonated in the distance from the view of the office lloyd actually relaxes and says oh good i'm out of this i can get out of this fucking paperwork (laughs) deeply relatable of through a newly destroyed hole in the wall of the prison the four holy swords rush in piloting the freshly delivered gecka frames with the mechs running wild inside the perimeter the order is given for toto's guard to just kill him silently rather than risk his escape Toto says he doesn't care if he loses his life. He gave it up once already. Jesus Christ, my <laughs> Thanks, guy. Thanks, Nathan Hale. Um, uh, suddenly, a loudspeaker booms out. Then in that case, I'll stake my claim on it. And a mechanical hand smashes down the wall, killing the guard and exposing the prisoner. Toto says his will is to die like his commander did and regain his honor. And Zero just fucking calls him a coward. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a long-winded speech that follows, but Toto says, Wow, I can't believe you think this is all my fault. And Zero goes, Yeah. Area 11 held out longer than any other providence, any other province, because this nation surrendered rather than sacrifice all of its military assets. But you and your miracle were an illusion. The populace saw vanish fruitlessly. Anyway, the browbeating continues and Toto finally joins up with some grumbling. Somewhere in here, Lelouch straight up says, refrain is your fault, too. (laughs) This speech is unhinged. He is delivered to a custom mech. It looks like another Gekka, all fancied up in the back of the battle van, and Toto orders the Four Holy Swords to take out the rest of the Britannian troops on their way out of the place. Unfortunately, he's cut off by a Slash Harkin flying in from out of nowhere because that white frame is here again. Mm-hmm. The smiles inside his mech. He figures, I got five ace pilots and Callum here with me. I'm going to solve yet another problem today. This is the best day of my life. So we cut to the museum where we see Euphemia hesitating between 
the official painting she's been pressured to give an award to, or the one she actually likes. Before she can decide, the news begins breaking among all of the attendants that the Black Knights are engaged in a firefight at a prison to save Toto, and someone puts it on on a big screen which is inside a frame in the museum. This is the weirdest display. What? Why would they be like, hey, here's some, here's a mech fight, guys. Let's just watch a mech fight. <laughs> because this is a bunch of nobles who are bored and just wanted spectacle. Just if they had enough nightmare frames, they would absolutely make Elevens go into there for, like, combat. I'm surprised they don't, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they would have to be piloting them in the first place, which is kind of a big no-no in general. Yeah. Mm. Hell, we'll see about that in a minute. Uh, from the sidelines, both Lloyd and Rakshata both begin eyeballing one another's mechs, each pretty well aware of which designer worked on the opponent force. Cecile also lets us know that the Lancelot's control center is its transport solely because Lloyd blew every single bit of the budget he could on the mech, so they had to double up on the vehicle. That's a good detail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Toto asks Zero for information, since he's the only one who has fought the Lancelot before. And he said, Lelouch tells him, if everyone follows this plan, we'll get this done perfectly. Zero uh, informs everyone about uh, the very predictable fighting pattern that the Lancelot's pilot always follows. And uh, like this this works very well. Uh, Suzuku just is like, oh shit, they, they know what I'm doing. And it's like, well, well you gotta have mix-ups, my guy. You can't just keep doing leap-in medium punch as your opener every round, Suzuku. Yeah, no, you're going to get owned. You're going to get an uppercut every mm-hmm. time. My child has learned this the hard way in like 11 hours of Mortal Kombat in the last two days. <laughs> of course you wouldn't go for the good new fighting game. You would go Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 11 is really good. Street Fighter 6 exists. There's no reason to ever touch a fucking Mortal Kombat again. But, do you know how much Mortal Kombat 11 costs me? Zero dollars. Okay, reasonable. Anyway, Toto leads out from behind cover and slices the top of the Lancelot open, leaving Suzuku exposed to the entire battlefield, and I'm sure Lloyd is just absolutely losing his shit <laughs> that, that it got damaged. He is, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, uh, but he he doesn't really, like, flip out. He mostly just like, man, I, we really should have installed that ejector seat, right? <laughs> that would have been a good idea. <laughs> I guess they blew all the budget on the, uh, the the fancy wheels or whatever. Well, they did have to replace. Oh, wait, they're going to have to replace one in 10 minutes. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, no less than three people on the battlefield are going, oh, wait, Suzuku Kurugi? And Lelouch is taking this the worst of all because he just completely freezes. Uh, at the museum, uh Dalton is, tries to have the broadcast shut off as the crowd begins murmuring like, wasn't that the princess's, uh, the princess assassin, which I mean, everyone completely forgot, I guess, like here just didn't really care that he was absolved of uh, that particular crime or like the charges were dropped because zero came in. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, Euphemia overrides him saying uh, she wants to see how this ends. And uh, with zero still in full shutdown, Toto makes the move, keeping the Lancelot pinned down and opening his own cockpit. The two go at it verbally and mechanically with Toto calling the boy a coward and saying that uh, he should finish his duty. 
After all, you were here to be my executioner, weren't you? And Suzuku gives a little, uh, I have to get up the ranks and change things from the inside. Uh, you know, that whole nonsense. And Toto just goes like, well, all right, prove it. So he shuts his cockpit and says that Suzuku is going to, he says, if Suzuku is going to make anything of himself, he's got to be ready to back up those words with force. So you got to kill a motherfucker. It's just, everyone's just telling him you got to kill some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suzuku nods and the two of them begin a duel. Over the comms, Colin is screaming for Zero to give orders. Do we capture Suzuku? Kill him? What now? As the four holy swords move in around the duel, preparing to work at a maneuver they've done with the captain a dozen of times, which is just, what if you hope a guy doesn't move so you can stab him four times <laughs> instead of once? Uh, he puts himself at a standstill. Before, Zero suddenly screams for everyone to disengage. This battle's gone on long enough. Take escape route three. It's Toto who notices the massive reinforcements on the horizon, and he praises Zero for seeing what nobody else <laughs> could, which definitely yep. did not happen. Uh-huh. Uh, claiming an unwinnable battle is not a lost, and he, Toto claims an unwinnable battle is not a lost battle. The new frames all release. This is like what I say I had the most fun at Friday Night Magic, even though I came in last. <laughs> Uh, the new frames all release chaff to cover their retreat, and someone shoots out the skate on the Lancelot's leg so it can't follow. Oh no, our bipedal robot I can't roll around. Whatever, whatever will it do? <laughs> At the museum, the crowd continues to turn on the Lancelot and its pilot, saying, well, of course he wouldn't follow them. He's an 11 like they are, which is the last straw for Euphemia. She cuts the crowd off with an objection and tells them in no uncertain terms she will not have them disrespecting her choice of night, Suzuku Kurugi. And uh, safely away, everyone is a little bit worried about Zero. He hasn't left his frame yet. And all of a sudden, his hideous, maniacal laughter could be heard from inside. Nobody knows what to do about this. And from above, once again, Cece is just looking down in her usual disapproving stare, which you really can't tell because uh, the faces in the show are not very good. I don't know if she's smiled more than once, and I think that was a flashback. But that takes us into episode 18, I Order You, Suzuku Kururugi. We begin in a very different place from where we left off, at sea. One of Ogi's troop comments on how wild it is that they used to have trouble just, like, stealing a motorcycle for raids, and now they have a full-sized submarine. That's hilarious. <laughs> Turns out Rakshada brought over quite a bit more than just some new nightmare frames. The narrator is starting to wonder how in the world she pulled all of this off under Britannia's noses, but I guess if you have a sub, that does explain how you smuggled at least five mechs into the country. <laughs> and this one did not implode. Yeah, well, yeah, no, she's an actual scientist. <laughs> uh-huh. And she used metal. Uh-huh. With all of the highest-ranked officers on board and Kirihara on some kind of video call, Zero begins reading off the org chart for Q4. Toto will now be the commander of military affairs. Dieterd is now the commander of media affairs. This actually gets a literal zero. I'm not a racist, <laughs> but out of one of the uh-huh. four holy swords. But he's like, look, Dieterd is in a position, has the experience. I don't give a shit. I'm British too. So it turns out you also get to deal with that, because I can do my job and he can do his. Speaking of doing their job, Oki is deputy commander directly under Zero. Rakshada will now be head of Black Knight's R&D, an appointment she responds to with, well, of course, who else? 
And Kowlin will now be leading the Zero Squad, a smaller fighting force he refers to as his own elite guard. She is overjoyed at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the org chart, and uh, like they literally show the chart, is uh, flashed on screen behind him, but uh, none of it is translated into English uh, because it d- doesn't fucking matter. It's not worth the time. Uh, in the middle of the sequence, a silent set of stills where Suzuku enters the Viceroy's palace uh, flash by. And when we return to the briefing's end, Callan begins thinking to herself that CC uh, has no rank in the chart. Isn't that curious? Uh, Theater interjects saying there's one more matter that needs addressing. Uh, and back at the palace, as Suzuku slowly approaches the throne, every noble in the room is gossiping. Uh, some are just scandalized by Euphemia taking an 11 as a personal knight and then doing it on live TV to boot. And one just goes, uh, well, even a princess has needs, am I right? And then chuckles. And it's like, okay, was that on the job description? I kind of love the court gossip whenever it comes up. Even though we only get it in like mm-hmm. the weirdest scenes for it. Well, Lelouch is going to burst in on his daddy's court, and mm-hmm. now Euphemia is going to take a night. <laughs> on campus, the other Ashford Academy students are watching the broadcast, and we're clearly watching the racist club's meeting, given that Nina's worried about it. Well, the other boys go, they're making an 11 a major. Uh... The ceremony continues, and through it, we see a few other characters reacting. Nunnally and Sayoko seem incredibly pleased around the radio. Harder to tell with Nunnally since her eyes are permanently closed. Mm-hmm. As Euphemia knights him, some of the other mechanics on the Lancelot team are going, so who's on, So whose payroll is he on now anyway? Uh, Cecily says that Lloyd is working it out with him already, but it's not like I've ever seen the man. Well, she puts an emphasis on him, which is part of why I made that line there. Uh Uh-huh. A ceremony concludes. The crowd is just scowling at the freshly dubbed Sir Suzuku Kurugi, but a single set of hands begins clapping. It's Lloyd, dressed not in his usual lab coat, but a fancy mustard yellow coat, giving zero shits who sees. Finally, a second set of hands begin clapping, and it's General Dalton to the side of the stage, smiling proudly at Suzuku. Slowly, the room realizes that they're going to have to put up with this, and applause creeps through the crowd, even if faces don't change in the slightest. Just like an entire fucking room full of Citizen King class. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is like the, the most awkward slow clap that I've seen in a long time. I think this is the closest we've seen to an actual noble rebellion since they tried to ice Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We return to the Black Knights, and what Dietert had to say was kept silent until only the commanders were around. Around the table of officers, the media man simply says, Suzuku Kururugi has become a focal point for Britannian supporting Elevens. I suggest we assassinate him. <laughs> the room is split 50-50. Dietert and Rakshata think it's the most pertinent move. Toto finds it dishonorable, and Ogi agrees. The choice is left to Zero, who retreats to his office and begins sulking it over with Cece, who obviously goes, this isn't complicated, you know. She says he has a very easy solution. Guess Suzuku to get him on their side. Boom. Britannia has a PR loss. Nunley has a guardian. And she says, you know I'm right. Why not do it? Is it your pride? Your friendship? And Lelouch's reply is just all of it. 
Meanwhile, Euphemia is also catching shit over a phone call with Cornelia. In short, while Cornelia admits she cannot override her sister because a choice of night is the power of royalty, the conversation turns curt immediately, where Cornelia is first like, you call me Viceroy right now, not sister. And Euphemia says that if an 11 can't be a knight, policy needs to change, and Cornelia basically cuts off the call with, well, when you're the fucking empress, you do that. Mm-hmm. We cut from this to Emperor Charles chilling in uh, what Sybil's calling the piss temple. Like, this is basically like, I don't know, it's like Parthenon-esque, it's very yeah, Greek. It's, it's Colosseum-style yeah. uh, Greek ruins, but in a dimension full of yellow. That's all yeah, it ever it, is. Yeah, it's like hanging out inside of like the Nimbus cloud from Dragon Ball Z. Like I don't I don't know where the hell this is supposed to be. It's bizarre. Uh he's speaking to uh ghosts again, saying, Yes, construction on the thought elevator is proceeding on schedule, which is a nonsense sentence, but it's a real one. <laughs> so a guard comes up and whispers something uh we don't hear, and the Emperor responds, What? Schneisel? If he's that sure of himself, let him challenge me. Don't interfere. And then he grins. Suddenly, in the student council room, Revolves is leading a pizza party for the uh, newly knighted Suzuku. Nice double K there. Appreciate You're that. Welcome. Uh, Revolves says that it's all Nuttley's doing, actually. And suddenly, Suzuku is totally cool with this. Uh, only one member on the council is abstaining, and it's Nina, because she's uh, currently pining over the same magazine photo of Euphemia at a computer. Hopefully both her hands are on the keyboard. We don't actually see it. Anyway, a match made in hell is bored as an interloper walks in from the balcony and it's Lloyd. He says uh, he was told that Suzuku is here, but also uh, would that happen to be a uranium isotope on your screen? (laughs) And Nina just like, you know, like someone whose uh, hyperfixation just got mentioned. uh, She starts uh, gushing uh, uncontrollably about all of this work that she's been doing uh, up to this point, all series long, which is plainly. Uh, de- God, shut up, Matt. If you 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 work with you you know the second you show an engineer any interest in what they're doing, they'll never shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know. Please recognize how I'm a good smart boy. What, did, did anything I say was any of it wrong? No, no, it wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, she's developing a bomb apparently. Oh. Uh, which she does not have access to the materials for, thank God. But unfortunately, Lloyd might. But he just listens intently for now. While Shirley and Millie wonder where Nina is, Colin arrives, also late to the party. As Shirley tries getting her help with the table setting, Colin just keeps pushing through the crowd, tunnel-visioned on Suzuku. We see that she's got a familiar compact in her hand when she gets close. It's like the phone knife mm-hmm. case. But... The knife phone case is like it looks like a fucking like like a razor phone that is also a knife. But before she could pop the blade and finish the job, Lelouch takes her by the arm and goes, hey, I think Shirley's trying to get your attention. Colin says she has something to attend to first, and he insists, saying, "Ooh, can I help uh-huh. out? Uh, but all of this has drawn Suzuku's attention. And when the knight asks his friend about, didn't you have something you wanted to say to me? Colin slips off into the crowd as Lelouch goes, yeah, but don't worry about it. And then Lloyd makes his entrance at the party with a depressed Nita. He announces that Suzuku has some new wrinkle to deal with, but Millie walks over first and goes, Lloyd, why are you here? 
Nina's like, wait, how do you two know each other? And Lloyd just goes, oh, we're getting married or something. <laughs> Suzuku also knew this when she let slip to Lelouch as well as, well, he is my boss, so. And this is great as the entire room finds out about all this web of connections between everyone in the room. Rivals has a giant freakout at Millie being off the market and knows that an Earl outclasses him, but Lloyd continues on over the freakout. Sorry, Suzuku, but we have military duties to attend to. An important someone is arriving by boat, with the Lancelot and Euphemia also being required for the greeting. In the background, Lelouch just makes his I'm terroristing face. <laughs> we come back from commercial to the Britannians on a boat. The meeting is to take place on Shikine Island rather than at one of the main ports for some reason. Cecily is scolding Lloyd for being so open about this in the middle of a crowd of children, because the entire meeting is now all over the internet. Similarly, Zero is briefing his team on the mission and preparing the sub for an amphibious assault on the triple targets of Susaku, Euphemia, and the Mystery Noble. Suzuku is to be captured alive, and Zero refuses to elaborate on the why of this, saying that's his move to make. Kalan and Toto not in approval. Ogi is not present. On the sub, we get a little bit more of the command crew expositing. Uh, Rakshada and one of her scientists are talking about how her new stealth tech is what's allowing them to get a sub so close to a Britannian warship without raising any red flags. Uh, Zero pulls Dieter aside and tells him, don't ever step your position. I'm aware of what you tried to talk Kalan into doing. Uh, the back and forth leads to a wonderful exchange where Dieter says uh, that he's wanted in on the Black Knights ever since he saw Zero rescue Kurugi because it made his heart sing. Uh, he continues, uh, I want to document you building your forces and changing this world, toppling empires. And Zero replies, documenting? You're right in the thick of it, more like fabricating. And he's like, I'm a documentarian. Of course we fabricate things. That's what a documentary does. The direct quote is, Objectivity is a fairy tale. In the end, journalism is a product of the human mind like everything else. <laughs> Tietert is a fascinating character. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, just imagine he's so crucial to the plot plot of this in a way that is very funny when you just look at it from like a uh, 30,000 foot view of the plot. And yet he's also one of the only people who's not blinded by things enough to go, mm -hmm. yeah, Zero's a shady motherfucker, of course. But if I call him on that, it undoes everything I want to see. Yeah, he's like, he's amoral in a similar way that like Lloyd kind of is. But I guess Lloyd is more, he just cares about one thing, whereas like Dieter is just like, I, I care about being entertained and making history, and this is what does that. Honestly, you're kind of making me realize that this is a show full of weird, hyper-fixated idiots all mm -hmm. accidentally teaming up to topple a world power. Mm -hmm. Some of them for it. Like, I, I think everyone has one that is basically the core of their character now that I get down to it. Up to and including Nina's, I want to build a bomb. I, I know, like, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I didn't even know she was, like, like a STEM student or anything. They like, mentioned she's a math genius earlier oh, on. Oh, you might be right. That must have been a long time ago, though. The Battle of Narita. Yeah, but, like, math genius does not necessarily equal engineer genius. Like, those are two different 
they're related but different skills. I think the funniest part of it is that it just looks like they're reusing the same 3D animation over and over all season, mm. up until Lloyd comes up and goes, ooh, uranium, Adam. And it's like, oh, I guess she's doing mm-hmm. work. Huh. <laughs> uh, uh, so we see the military boat unloading, and Euphemia says that she's content to stay with the party while they wait for the arrival. But suddenly... The island's base begins exploding from shells. The Black Knight forces overrun the base, and Toto's tactics plus Rakshada's mechs means it's a brutal one-sided stomp. For a nearby cliff, Zero thinks all he has to do now is wait for Euphemia's party to hear about the attack. We cut right to the beach, and the soldier going, headquarters appears to be under some sort of attack, It's which is very funny with a fucking visible and animated column of smoke rising up in the distance behind <laughs> him. Uh, Euphemia tells Suzuku to go assist the base, but one of the soldiers is like, uh, this guy's Japanese. I don't know if we can trust him. And Lloyd pops up. <laughs> Lloyd pops up. <laughs> Lloyd pipes up. That's he right. Would. <laughs> uh, Lloyd pipes up to go, look, he's going to reform the church from the inside. Uh-huh. It's not that the whole. Suzuku yeah. would hammer 18 theses into the fucking robot. That's not what I was talking I know. about. Oh, no, don't reform those boys from the inside. That's what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Lloyd pipes up to go. You're criticizing a noble now, you know. And Euphemia presses the order, saying Suzuku should demonstrate his valor for these naysayers. Suzuku's entrance to the battle is just casually swatting Tamaki's craft to pieces with his wire shurikens and then immediately focusing on Zero standing on a cliff nearby. Zero stares back and simply says, That's right, Suzaku. Come. That's right, Suzaku. Come. Inside the base, the commander receives a call from a very finely dressed hand of some sort. All we hear is the commander's reply. Yes, thanks to the special corps. What? But that would mean... And then the nice hand hangs up. Suzaku could tell instantly that Zero's frame isn't made for traversing sand, and so suspects that being led into a giant pit of sand is a trap. Just like every other red flag in his life, though, Suzuku ignores this and follows Zero in because that's his duty. So Rakshada taps a button with her comically oversized tobacco pipe, which turns on an anti-Sakuradite cube reactor field, shutting down only the Lancelot. Lloyd will later call this a Geffion Disturber, not that it matters. I like to think the particle is named after David Geffen. (laughs) Zero says that Suzuku should disembark from his mech, where he will be treated as a POW. Secondary systems should allow for that. But if he wants to resist, he's surrounded by about half a dozen mechs that can just gun him down easily. And a request is made while the two are on the ground. I want you to join me, Suzuku. Suzuku says... We already did this in episode 3, and my answer hasn't changed. But Zero's reply is to try the same power move he did on Toto last episode. We only have a peace because Japan surrendered. If they'd fought back, the island would still be at war today, and probably under siege by every major power, not just Britannia. Suzuku says that he respects his father's final stand, and Zero goes, Oh? The final stand he didn't want to make? That his killer forced upon him? And then the knight suddenly begins sweating. Uh, Zero says that uh, he should use his position to give the people the choice they were denied seven years ago. 
Do they rise up against Britannia or surrender like the government forced them to? Uh, Suzuku protests, but Zero pushes on saying that right now, all the knight is doing is dictating terms to the people with his own egotism, which is also kind of what Zero's doing. But, you know, it's cool when he does it. No, no, he's doing it for democracy, tyranny for the masses. Well, we don't know what Zero's like system of government would be at the end of this. He just wants to destroy Britannia. <laughs> Presumably it would be democracy, but we don't, I don't know. I don't trust Zero to deliver democracy. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I hear nation building is very, very hard. I don't trust Zero to do fucking anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at this, uh, at this point, through all the jamming, Suzuku's personal comms crackle with a message from the base commander. Uh, Zero says he's welcome to respond, but he hears the communication. Uh, Suzuku is to keep Zero where he is, and surface-to-surface missiles are being launched at their exact position, so you just stay there and die like a good boy. Uh, Lelouch is horrified, realizing that Britannia has decided just to, you know, sacrifice Suzuku, basically because he's Japanese, and means that, like, this knight, this newly, you know... this man newly made royalty is expendable if it means uh, if it means that Zero dies too. And horror turns to frustration when Suzuku goes along with it, flipping Zero's gun around and holding it on the man. At the other end of the island, Euphemia and Lloyd hear of this at the same instant, and the sub-Viceroy tries to override the command. Unfortunately, it's above her level. She can't even be told who gave the order, and it can only be resented by three ranking generals or the Viceroy herself. So she figures she'll go all in on this and just hops in a nightmare frame, screaming over the loudspeaker. Tell them that I'm heading directly for the site. See if they'll delay the order then. Uh, Cecily and Lloyd are just standing around in the wake of this. And Lloyd's like, this is not going to do anything. They want uh-huh. Zero dead real uh-huh. bad. Uh, radars begin picking up the missiles. And whoever commanded this wasn't kidding around. Roughly 50 fucking missiles are headed for the Zero Suzuku pit trap. Colin leaps in to try to save Zero, uh, despite everyone telling her, you're an idiot, and your mech has the exact same th- engine going on, and the Gurren is now shut down. <laughs> cat. I know, just very... Yeah, yeah it was a cat. Yeah, we can cat see your cat you. behind you. Oh, drinking the water. Okay, I couldn't see the cat because of these bins. Um, it's like, what the fuck was that? It makes sense that it was the fat cat. Mm-hmm. And now the Gurren is shut down in a sand trap, too. Have fun with that one. Toto takes command, telling every frame on the ground to expend all ammunition they've got to shoot down missiles. And this is really fucking goofy. Callan, desperate to do anything after fucking up so bad, gets out of her mech and begins sprinting towards Suzuku, not caring that she's revealing her civilian identity, just hoping he'll respond. He does not. He probably doesn't even hear her. Zero, who is currently being held at gunpoint in the cockpit of the Lancelot, calls Suzuku a coward for obeying orders blindly rather than following his own feelings, and suddenly, the sky above them just goes black. Callan also looks up, and we see this isn't the missiles, this is a royal warship. Rakshada drops her pipe in shock. Apparently, Britannia has beat her to completing a float system. She just goes, well, I'm outdone. Euphemia arrives on the edge of the pit and is the only one to realize who's to blame here, because this is her brother Schneisel's airship, the Avalon. 
Honestly, this is probably one of the only airships in the fucking world from the sound of it. Mm. Inside the ship, the well-dressed hand gives another silent signal, and the ship deploys massive cannons charging up and aimed at the pit. Zero calls Suzuku a stubborn fool and opens the mask compartment to gias him. Uh, we cut from the sigil in the eye to various reactions to Cece staring, which turns into the twin cannons charging and everything goes white. Uh, when we fade back in, all we see is the finally revealed stone face of Schneisel, and then the unrelenting barrage of lasers upon the earth below, the whole skyline lighting up with devastation. The animation continues until the colors go negative and eventually fade to black, and that is the end of the episode. How we doing after that? That rocks. It's fucking wild. Uh, the the prison breakout was a lot of fun. I like that. I'm starting to get the sense of why people uh, freak out when they when we talk about where Nina's art goes because it sounds like she's gonna nuke a city <laughs> at this rate. Uh, that seems uh, in play, which is uh, not not good. Uh, well, love I tried really hard to come up with something like boomer remover, but for the 11s to describe Nina's bomb. Just so you know, I did try really hard. Uh-huh. The best I got was the 11 eraser, which is funny. That just but, sounds like but, something that would be in Earthbound. Mm, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. And not going to lie, I feel like... Notably, anti-Japanese game Earthbound. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Look, we don't talk about Apple Kids politics. I gotta say, out of all the ways to make your crush notice you, building an atom bomb seems to be, like, one of the more out there ones that I've seen. Yeah. My favorite thing is how clearly Nina doesn't know anything at all about Euphemia, because it seems like her plan is, I'm gonna nuke a city full of 11s to make Nina like me. (laughs) Notice me, uh, Euphemia-senpai. Or, sorry, Euphemia-sama, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, this, I love this block. This is a lot of things starting to finally kick off. We're no longer dancing around things. It's like, okay, no. Mm -hmm. Now everybody but Suzuku knows what's going on. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. still dumb as shit. Mm -hmm. Schneisel has been mentioned repeatedly, and finally we pull that gun to fire it. And just for the hell of it, let's leave everything on a giant cliffhanger. When this show does a good cliffhanger, it's great. I like it. I also liked the Shirley Zero one a few weeks ago. That was a good move. Mm -hmm. I imagine this was a fun show to watch for the first time where you had a whole week to go, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I just wonder what, what, like, does Callan... I, if I remember correctly, because I watched this like a while ago, that uh, Suzuku didn't even see Colin. So like, yeah, no, she yeah yeah. So like, imagine what the next thing that would happen would be like if if he did see her and recognize her. Like the fallout of that would have been uh, pretty wild too. Hmm. I love like Lelouch's hubristic need to beat Suzuku without mind controlling mm-hmm. him. That makes perfect sense, right? Because like it adds a lot. That's that's someone he he cares about enough that he doesn't want to basically take away his ability to to reason 
in order just to win. I mean, but we've also seen him do other like similar plays where he he doesn't want to just take the easy win. He wants to like win it fair and square or like with his own uh, like his own genius uh, being the, the cause. Well, we've made the comparison multiple times that Lelouch feels like a response to Light Yagami. And in this, it's that Light would have guessed everyone as soon as possible. Yeah. And Lelouch is like, if I don't know your name, I can guess you without an issue. Otherwise, I want to save that bullet. Yeah, and you would think that, I mean, it makes it so that every time he chooses to use it, you know that he's he can't do it again. So, like, it is it does add a lot more weight to to that decision. Which is funny because he ends up, yeah, he's burning one on Suzuku now. Uh, he he burned one on himself, so he can't do that again. Yeah, now that we're in the back half of the season. Yeah, you're playing all the trump cards. Exactly. Yes. We, can, we yeah. can start doing that because we don't have to leave it on the table. Yeah, and like you can just tell, this feels like it's starting to get into Endgame, which it, which is good because it felt like for a while they were kind of just filling some space, and it's like remember we're still supposed to be trying to kill Cornelia, like that is still the goal, and it's been that goal for like half the season now. It well, feels like hell, he wanted to get to Cornelia to find out from her who shot his mom. Yeah, that's the actual reason he's after her. That's why Euphemia I mean, didn't get killed. It's 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 gonna be Schneezel. Like it has to be, right? Like who? Uh, it's either it's gonna be the 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 dad, but I feel like they're gonna save that. Maybe they'll save that to the end. But I would imagine the the last second uh, new villain here, uh, not new, but you know, like new on the scene villain is probably gonna be the one who who did that. That that's how how I feel like this at least stretch is going to end. The fun part is. Editing these shows as we go through the season and record ahead means that I hear all of the mentions of Schneisel prior, and they do set him up as a very interesting character before this final reveal, because all we've gotten is he fucking hated Lelouch. He was mm-hmm. the only guy who could ever beat Lelouch at chess. Mm-hmm. And also Nunnally was just like, yeah, Schneisel was kind of a dick. And that's Nunnally. <laughs> yeah. So, plugs, anyone? Uh, Lightning Strikes Thrice. It's our JRPG Games Club podcast. We're doing Wolf Stride right now. Well, they're doing Wolf Stride right now. <laughs> uh, listen to that. Hey, don't steal my valor, man. <laughs> I do the editing, so I technically am involved. You still hear my voice sometimes because Chris forgets to read the patron names on the beginning of the podcast. One time, twice, and then you complain about it after we already recorded another one. No. Uh, but anyway, you can do that. Uh, you can check out my uh, Yuri manga or anime reviews on Okazu. Uh, I'm going to have one up soon for Monologue Woven for You 3, and there's a couple more coming down the pike. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. I also write a blog. No one reads it, but if you want to, <laughs> it's uh, um, omgbandmates.wordpress.com. Uh, it needs to be updated. It's been a minute, but yeah, that's it for me. My plug is that someone should make good PDF editing software. Not a fan of Foxit. Oh, uh, also I guess extra plug, uh, Sybil and I recorded, uh, 
sort of a random, well, for now, one-off episode on manga we've been reading. It, it's free on the Patreon page. It, we put it in the LST feed. I don't know if it, um, you could probably put it in the Boku no Stop feed. Why not? I'll stick uh, it in here if we have a dead week or just between two things near the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, yeah, check that out. We might do that, uh, I don't know, somewhat semi-regular uh, cadence, depending on, uh, you know, how things are going. We're probably going to do them here and there, especially because I have a few weirdo things I've been picking up in the right stuff sale. Mm, yeah, yeah. Wonder if wonder when mine's going to be sent out. Can't be any weirder than the new Boku no Stop Premium. <laughs> I guess I'll find out. <laughs> uh, yes, you will. <laughs> Mr. and Mr. Serial Experiments Lane. Well, it came dangerously close to being terror in residence. And then I was like, what if we watch something similar, but worse in an extremely fun way? So now we're going to watch Netflix's be the beginning. Huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think I know what that is. Uh, because I made. Oh boy. Uh, it's a murderer's row of some of the most talented people in anime making what starts off as an interesting detective show and then evolves into a kind of basic anime trash we haven't talked about before, which is all of these people got superpowers from being in an experimental government orphanage. Oh, Jupiter's Legacy. Okay. It, But the way in which it happens, like that total dis... It's extremely like Tokyo Ghoul in terms of how it articulates. Okay, now you're now you're speaking my language. Very excited about it. It's not very good, but it will be very fun. And if you want to hear that, you can go to <laughs> pitchdrop.cash and chip in somewhere between $1 and $5 a month for a variety of series we do. Then I'll plug my website, hellscaper.com, where you can find any and all projects I do on and off this network. We'll God. be back in... I hate to sound like an old person, but how do I add a bolt? How do I insert text into this PDF now? Now that it's in a word. <laughs> 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 How to edit PDF, please. Oh, oh my god. No, while while you have it in Word, you just edit it as if it's standard text and then re-export. I can't! It's like, I have like, it's not doing anything. I can't add Then copy text. all of the shit into a fresh document and then just export it again that way. You have it in Word, so it's in a format. No, but I don't know how to add stuff to it. Despite... <laughs> Insert doesn't have... <laughs> Uh, none of that has anything to do with the podcast yeah, or the network sure or anything like that. That's what I did instead of paying attention to the podcast the whole time. This is basically co my co content contribution right now. <laughs> uh, check that shit out. Uh, oh, you double click. Oh, God. Wait, no. If I double click. Oh, it's too close to other elements. So it thinks I'm trying to. Gotcha. I was trying to figure out what in the hell was happening. It's like, no, I just click and type. Here, I'm going to send you a screenshot and then you'll okay. understand what my problem is. I'm going to put this I in recording real quick. But while uh, we're plugging random bullshit, uh, um, I guess check out the Microsoft Word. <laughs> check it out. I was going to say Modern Warfare 2, the remake. I'm having a lot of fun <laughs> spending way too much time on it and getting my ass kicked. When I'm trying to edit this first line in moves, it thinks I'm either trying to select the HP black box mm. or the moves black box because it's too oh close. Different fucking playbooks for this motherfucker. It's annoying. <laughs> this is probably the most derailed we've been at the end of an episode in like ages. At least 
Wasn't it so much better when I was not paying attention and just listened for Matt to stop talking for three seconds? Yeah, I'm definitely longing for that shit again. <laughs> I'll be back in two... Peace out, fuckers. We'll be back in two weeks with episodes 19, 20, and a rising body count. Bye. Bye. Peace. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs>